Engaging presentations on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. Hi, friends. Father Frank Pavone here, National Director of Priests for Life. Welcome to Praying for America. What's the one question you need to be asking the voters? We're going to explore that in uh, this program here tonight as we pray over the elections, as we pray over the news, and as I answer some of the questions that you have sent in to me. Uh, I don't always see all the questions during the broadcast, but we do look at all of them and answer some during a subsequent broadcast. So we are always happy to do that, and I'll do some of that here today. Let's go to the scriptures, and I want to go to the book of the prophet Micah and read what it says in chapter 4 in the first five verses. In the last days, the mountain of the Lord's temple will be established as chief among the mountains. It will be raised above the hills, and peoples will stream to it. Many nations will come and say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob. He will teach us his ways so that we may walk in his paths. The law will go out from Zion, the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He will judge between many peoples and will settle disputes for strong nations far and wide. They will beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation will not take up sword against nation, nor will they train for war anymore. Every man will sit under his own vine and under his own fig tree, and no one will make them afraid. For the Lord Almighty has spoken. All the nations may walk in the name of their gods. We will walk in the name of the Lord our God forever and ever. Amen. Let us pray. Lord, we look at the political winds and waves in our nation right now, and as the Gospels tell us, Lord Jesus, you walked on the waters when there was turbulence, storms, winds and waves, and you were able to make the water calm. You were able to still the waves. You were able to rescue your disciples. And so we pray to you in a turbulent time to again calm the waters and let us, your people, accomplish the work that you give us in this world. Let us be able to live our lives in devotion, in religious freedom, in security and safety, and in prosperity. Stir our souls and calm the storms around us. We ask this of you who live and reign, the author of life and the conqueror of death, forever and ever. Amen. Well, one of the things I also want to give you during this program, friends, and uh, I want to have you hang on for the whole episode is some uh, recommended reading in the Trump Library. Uh, library of books, uh, some more recent than others, but all of which will, which will give you great insights into both the policies and the mindset 
of President Trump, his administration uh, that served us so historically successfully for four years, and the movement that he continues to lead to make America great again. Uh, it's important to be reading. It's important to be reading from reliable sources, from sources close to him, so that we can really understand this this philosophy that is leading the greatest political movement in American history, a movement then in turn, which bolsters and protects, preserves and fosters the kinds of things we believe in, in the gospel and in the kingdom of Jesus Christ, the sanctity of life, freedom to worship God and so forth. You know, I had an interesting, like I said, I'm going to take a couple of the questions uh, here today that have come in. But, uh, you know, uh, really, I want to start with referring to one of them, not to go into detail on it, but really weird. It's somebody who was watching who said just the opposite of what is the case, that the case we make on these programs about what our nation means and what our history has been and the direction we need to go is the opposite of what the founders wanted, that they didn't base the nation on biblical truth, this book here, uh, but rather on secularism. And they said, oh, well, the greatest proof of this is the First Amendment, you know, that says there's not going to be a state religion. What in the world? It, I, I, you know, I was looking at this question and I was saying, what in the world kind of education did this person get about our country? and about our Constitution. First of all, the bedrock foundational law of America is in two documents, the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution. Now, the Constitution is the how-to mechanism of how to govern ourselves. The Declaration is why we govern ourselves and what the principles are underlying the Constitution. Constitution doesn't talk about God, but it's based on a biblical understanding of human nature. It's one of the reasons why you have divided government, because nobody should be allowed to accumulate absolute power because we're corrupt and we'll end up, well, as the saying goes, power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely. We see it all the time. We see it in small scale in our own lives and we see it on the big scale of human history. You can't let anybody have full control because then that, it devolves into tyranny. And that's exactly what our founders wanted to get away from. Declaration of Independence is independence from tyranny and dependence on God. It's the declaration that talks about God four times. Acknowledging his law, acknowledging his power, acknowledging his providence, acknowledging him as the judge of the world to whom the founders entrusted the cause that they were about. And I'm sure this person who wrote this question never read David Barton's book, Original Intent, quote after quote after quote from the founders saying that they are fervent Christians, followers of Jesus Christ, submitting themselves to his lordship and to his judgment and submitting the nation because it cannot succeed unless it's a moral and virtuous and religious people. And on and on it goes to the point where it makes you dizzy. And absolutely, without any doubt, of the religious founding of our country. And where in the world are these weird ideas? I feel sorry for these people. I mean, we answer their questions. 
this is not secularism to say that there's not going to be a state religion. The First Amendment is not an imposition of secularism. The First Amendment is an amendment guaranteeing the free exercise of religion. The government is not to interfere with, suppress, or restrict the exercise of religion. Restricting the exercise of religion includes establishing a state religion. If you establish a state religion, the people who head the state head the head the church too. And then this writer went on to say, oh, well, you're calling for a theocracy. No, not in the least. Because what the First Amendment does, we celebrate and defend. An individual has to be free to worship God the way that they want. And it wasn't an amendment putting atheism on the same level as religion. That's another myth, mythology. These people love mythology, some of them. Their ignorance is fueled by a desire to marry myths. They want to marry myths. They want to have intimate relationships with them. They want them to bear children because they do bear children. Myths lead to more myths. Ignorance leads to more ignorance. And let me tell you something, it leads to destruction. If I knew who this person was, I would tell them, run. Run in the opposite direction of the question that you're asking because you're in danger. Their, myth, their mythology just ends up destroying them. Ends up destroying this country too, which is why we won't allow it. The First Amendment is there for the flourishing of religion. Because our founders understood, as George Washington said, religion and morality are indispensable supports for this kind of government. Because you can't, you can't entrust to the people the power to govern themselves and not have them rooted in the truth of religion and morality. Because otherwise they're not going to know which way to, to govern themselves, which way to go, which way to lead the people. In any case, listen, you understand this and pray pray for the person who sent in that question because, my goodness, if there, if we need any evidence of what President Trump said, that we need patriotic education, which includes understanding how our founders were rooted in religion, not secularism, um, well, that's a good example right there of why we need it so much. All right, so we're going to talk about what is the one question you need the voters I, I, you can say, well, the question you need to ask the voters, but the question you need the voters to ask, we're going to get to that here. Let's look at what are the winds and waves in this current midterm election. Well, in some ways they're confusing because there are crosswinds in this election. People are unsettled in America, and there are things that they really, really, really don't like about what's happening under Democrat control. And there are indications of, yeah, not so, uh, not so sure about what the alternative is. We have a real advantage here for change, a real desire for change, which is what favors the Republicans in this particular midterm election. Um, but we have a lot of crosswinds and contradictory uh, reads on polls and things moving one way, one day, and the other way, another day. But overall, a recent Gallup poll asking people which party can handle better the issue most important to them, the, Democrat, uh, the Democrats got uh, 37%, but the Republicans got 48%, a significant 11-point difference there. 
And that's the highest margin earned by the party since 1946. And so political analysts are saying that's a good indication of expecting uh, them to take, the, the GOP to take both the House and the Senate. But we also see the good news that in the critical Senate races that we have in Pennsylvania, in Wisconsin, in Nevada, and in Arizona, uh the polling again is shifting in favor of those republican candidates the map is more challenging for republicans this year in the senate they have to defend more seats than than the democrats do and they have to defend seats in in states that biden won um rather than uh, in states that that President Trump won, although some of the margins by which uh, Biden won those were small margins. And of course, his favorability is very, very low. So you have all these all these cross dynamics going on. It can be uh, rather confusing. But uh, we also see the generic ballot, which um, has been showing some favor to Democrats after strong favor for the Republicans, but now shifting back to the Republicans again. So we have them in the lead, according to Real Clear Politics, um, and also the Rasmussen poll of likely voters recently put the uh, Republicans ahead by four in the generic uh, ballot, up three points from the prior week but down from the 10-point advantage that we saw in the summer. So again, you see these crosswinds uh, and different um, things happening with all this polling. Um, only 66% of black voters say they would vote for a Democrat candidate, however, and that's worrisome for the Democrat side. Of course, um, those uh, 34%, uh, of course, Biden would say, you ain't black. You don't know who to vote for in this election. Well, come on, stop, stop the nonsense. Um, some of these Democrat candidates, you notice too, they're unwilling to uh, to to do a common activity that's done in elections between candidates, and that is to have debates. What is that about? I think they realize that on the issues, there are so many utter failures in policy that they have to try to explain that they just don't want to face those kind of questions. And this is why so many of them are unwilling or they'll go in reluctantly. They'll go in after a lot of initial resistance and delay to have a debate with their Republican opponent. Bottom line, what are we getting at? There is one question that if you ask the voters if you have them ask this question of themselves, we're likely to see a very good result. And it's very simple. It's very simple. Are you better off today than you were four years ago? We could even say two years ago. This was the famous question that a presidential candidate asked the people in a debate with his Democrat opponent back in um, the fall of 1980. President Reagan, facing uh, Jimmy Carter in that election, asked Americans 
that one question. And they responded with a resounding no, giving President Reagan a landslide victory, capturing 44 out of 50 states. Are you better off today than you were four years ago? Are you better off today than you were two years ago? Are you better off today than you were over President Trump, under President Trump, under Republican governance? No, of course not. Very few people that would say that they are. Are you better off? It's not asking some kind of big theoretical question about the good of the nation. It's asking them in their concrete personal circumstances, how's life going for you? How are your 401ks? How are your prices? How's, uh, how are things? And that is, uh, in this particular cycle, a strong winning question. Okay. Use it, friends. Use it in your discussions. Use it in your social media. Use it in your letters to the editor. Use it on your, your call. You call into a radio show. Use it. Use it in your newsletters. Use it, those of you who are clergy and you're preaching. Just ask people, have people ask themselves that question. Because in, a, in an election cycle when there are so many uh, crosswinds and confusing things and ambivalence and they're, fear, they're afraid of things on both sides of the aisle, are you better off or not? If not, don't you want to change in direction? Shouldn't we try a different kind of leadership? Okay, let me go to some questions that uh, have come in. One very basic one, and people know that I deal with the abortion issue full-time. How many people die from abortion? Simple answer. In America, we're talking about, at this point in time, a million a year. It had gotten as high as 1.6 million a year, the late 80s going into the early 90s. And then it started to decline, and it's been declining ever since. But a million, well, that's, a, that's several hundred thousand more than die from the two top causes of death as far as diseases go, and those are cancers and heart diseases. Um, hundreds of thousands more uh, killed by abortion every year. This is just in America in one year. We're talking about a million, a million abortions. Now, there's very, to go into it a little deeper, there's two main sources of these statistics, all right? And you can look this up on our website, priestforlife.org slash statistics. If you want to look at the statistics, priestforlife.org is our website, slash statistics. The Centers for Disease Control, government agency, keeps some records, and I say some because they get the information voluntarily from the state's the departments of health, and some states that have a lot of abortions, like California that has the most, guess what? They don't report their statistics to the CDC. So when we look at the CDC numbers, we're going to see not a million, we're going to see between six or 700,000. That's way lower than the reality, okay? Still higher than the leading causes of death, but way lower than the real numbers. A more accurate statistic is from the agency, not a government agency, but the Allen Guttmacher Institute that goes and gets the numbers from the abortion centers. And while still lower than the actual reality, uh, because again, some of these abortionists are just, they don't care about keeping statistics. They just go out and kill the babies as many as they can. 
um, you've got numbers that are much higher than the CDC numbers. So Alan Gumacher Institute. But if you want to delve into the really deep level of detail, go to that uh, page, priestflife.org slash statistics. And internationally, there's, there's a couple of different uh, ways of measuring it, and there are discrepancies among the experts. Um, some have said 50 million a year, others put it much lower than that. But there was a very detailed study that uh, came out uh, recently that talks about a billion abortions uh, over the last uh, century. And that's kind of just, it's an unthinkable number. You, you don't even know how to, how to conceive of these numbers. But again, you'll find all this information on our website if you want to delve into it more deeply. Another question came in from somebody who's doing knocking on doors, and thank you for doing that for this election, They're door knocking. And, and some of the organizations that are doing this are pro-life organizations, and they're presenting the persuadable voters because they know ahead of time whose door they're knocking on, of course. They do the research and uh, go to persuadable voters and talk about some of the key issues. And one of the things we try to do in the pro-life community is show people how extreme uh, the Democrats are on abortion. They want it without restrictions. But here's a question that this person asked. Um, how would you discuss no exception abortion stances that may scare off many pro-life voters or moderate voters? This is my struggle as a door knocker. I think what this questioner is referring to is people who are afraid that if they vote for a Republican candidate, abortion is going to be banned completely. And uh, while they may be against abortion, they don't want to go that far, at least not yet. Well, that's not what's going to happen because we don't have the, the uh, um, political will to do that right now. Uh, nor the kind of support that that would be necessary on the level of popular opinion. Those kinds of, of measures are, it's not like you're going to elect these people and all of a sudden that's what you're going to find. What you're going to find has already been indicated in the bills that have been introduced in Congress to put a limit of 15 weeks. Now that's almost four months into the pregnancy and to say we're going to start protecting the babies at that point in the pregnancy, rather than, you know, have it go throughout pregnancy, unlimited abortion. Uh, the choice here, in other words, that people have to understand what they're choosing between is not a ban on all abortions versus allowing it. The choice is between the kinds of regulations that we're seeing, and most Americans want more regulations and more restrictions, versus unlimited abortion, which is what the Democrat Party has already voted on. They already voted on it in Congress. They didn't quite have, they did pass the House, couldn't quite overcome the filibuster in the Senate. But they want, they voted for a bill, all the Democrats voted for it, that would take away any restrictions, regulations at all on abortion. So that's the choice you're facing. So when they're afraid of, what this questioner is asking, oh, they, they don't want to see, you know, restriction on all abortion. They're afraid of the wrong thing. Ask them if they're afraid of uh, 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 taking away even the reasonable restrictions that are there. 
restrictions on late-term abortion, parental involvement, for example, if the person seeking an abortion is a minor, and so on. In local elections for state or national representatives, another questioner asks, what do I do if neither is strongly pro-life? Should I withhold my vote? No, you vote for the better of the two. Voting is not a question of finding the perfect candidate. You vote for the better of the two, and you also look at the balance of power, especially in this election when things are so evenly divided in the House and the Senate and in many other places. If you have a candidate who is running, and in your, in your district um, you say, well, you know, it's not the perfect candidate, Uh, the Republican candidate that I would prefer to vote for is not the perfect candidate. Certainly don't want to vote for the Democrat. Can I vote for the Republican or should I, could I vote for the, the quote, imperfect Republican? Uh, I mean, I don't know where the perfect one is or should I withhold my vote? The reason you don't withhold your vote is you're talking about the balance of power. So if a Republican victory in your district or in your state can shift the balance of power in the in the entire House of Representatives or in the entire Senate, and that's much more of a a uh, likelihood in this election than in a lot of other elections because we have government divided down the middle right now. What you have to think about is this: that may be a very imperfect republic more let's say more imperfect than than average okay okay but if that person getting into office puts that party in the majority then the very best in that party benefit because then the very best representatives they may be from the other side of the country or the very best of the senators now have control of the committees They determine what legislation is going to come forward and get a vote. And they're going to help to pass the very best legislation, even if the one from your district or the one from your state, well, yeah, you know, they got a lot of flaws or I really don't like them. I really don't agree with them on a lot of things. Yeah, but do you agree with the party? Do you agree with the best ones in the party? Well, then put that party in power and then the best ones, even though you didn't get the vote for them because they're from a different state, they're going to, you're giving them power. That's the way to think about this, especially when. It's a way to think about this across the board, but especially when the person in your district or your state is uh, a little iffy. Uh, For whatever reason, you're concerned about them. Hey, listen, look at the balance of power. Do not withhold your vote. We need your vote to move the country in the right direction. Well, let's go into prayer. Lord, we, we, we... We look at this election and and sometimes it can be very confusing. We know there are so many close races. We know that polls move in one direction and then they move in another direction and voters are overwhelmed by all different issues. But Lord, we are confident today in the victory for America, victory for what is right, for what is good, for what is true, for what is just, for what will bring us security, safety, Uh, strength in our economy, respect on the world stage. Lord, we know all the problems that we face. And we ask, Lord, that the voters will be smart. Send a spirit of wisdom upon the voters. For that, we pray uh, above everything else. Send a spirit of understanding, a spirit of awareness. 
the people may understand the challenges that face them, the people may discern that one question that we have been talking about here. Am I better off now than I was before? Am I better off now under Democrat governance than I was under Republican governance? What is better? What is worse? What do I want to improve? What to change do I want to see? And let me vote accordingly. Let the voters vote accordingly. And let us, Lord, each of us, be better able to assist our fellow citizens to think through these issues and to make the wisest decisions. We sum up all our prayers and praises in the words that your Son taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Great to be with you, friends. I hope these reflections are helpful. Follow me on social media, FR Frank Pavone. Let's connect with each other, encourage each other. Truth Social, Getter, all the other platforms, FR Frank Pavone. Connect with the Right Side Broadcasting. We're glad to partner with them and with Getter. I'm glad to partner with them. And uh, we're grateful for all of you watching. Tell others about the program. And finally, remember what President Donald Trump... Oh, wait a minute. I told you I was going to tell you about a couple of... I see them right here. Some good Trump reading material. Did you read Dick Morris's book, The Return? We've talked about this book on previous programs. If you haven't ordered it, do so. It's getting really popular, and we were one of the first to start talking about it when it first came out. The Return, Trump's big 2024 comeback. See what Dick Morris has to say about that happening. Conrad Black, he's a really uh, extraordinary writer. Um, He wrote, uh, this was back during the 2020 cycle, but excellent book, A President Like No Other, about President Trump, Donald Trump and the Restoring of America, A President Like No Other by Conrad Black. Really fascinating book. Um, Corey Lewandowski, we've uh, interviewed him on this program, as well as David Bossie. We've had him on as well. Trump, America First. Excellent book, Trump, America First. The Mega Doctrine from uh, Charlie Kirk. The, I- the only ideas that will win the future. The Mega Doctrine really gives you an understanding of what do we mean when we say make America great again. It's much more than a slogan. And finally, Newt Gingrich, Trump and the American Future. These are all books that uh, will really help you to get a great understanding of uh, the thinking that um, so many of us share and that uh, President Trump is leading us on in this great movement. Trump and the American future, solving the great problems of our time. Now, Newt Gingrich also wrote a later book that I've mentioned to you, the copies over in my other room, called uh, Beyond Biden. And that's another one I would recommend also from uh, Uh, from Newt Gingrich, Beyond Biden. So we'll talk more about these books and other reading material. But thanks again, friends, for joining us. And remember what the 45th president said. We are part of the greatest political movement in American history. 
Those that want to destroy the country, the country doesn't belong to them. It belongs to you. So take it back. Take it back in these elections and know that the greatest days of America are yet to come. Father Frank Pavone here of Priest for Life. Great talking with you. Talk to you tomorrow. This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.